In a global economy where change happens by the second, it is vital that organizations and companies know how to keep up with information about their industry, about their competitors, and about the marketplace in which they work. You need only look at the news headlines to see just how quickly things are changing. One of the ways to bring vital information home, to be reviewed, parsed, and acted upon, is through data scraping. This is one of those services that some astute companies like Amazon and Expedia know a lot about, but others are still unsure of how it works, what its value might be, and how to go about implementing it and using it. So to answer these questions, I have the pleasure today of being joined by Alexandrs Solzhenko, an undisputed expert from Oxylabs.io. Hi, my name is Alexandras. I'm a product owner at Oxylabs. So indeed, welcome to the Cloud Tweaks podcast, where we look at developments and stories dealing with cloud, cybersecurity, and other areas of business tech. I'm your host, Steve Prentice, and today it's all about data scraping. When you check out the Oxylabs website, which by the way is spelled O-X-Y-L-A-B-S dot I-O, you'll see this is a company that offers a range of data-related services to companies like Trivago, which, when you think about what they do, they're in an industry where competitive pricing on travel deals and hotels is a by-the-second priority. But data and data metrics is, of course, not just for the travel industry. Many people consider data to be the replacement for oil as the fundamental driver of business, and that's why access to real data in real time is crucial to any enterprise. So let's start at the beginning. Alexandros, what is data scraping? So first of all, data scraping is automated data gathering from public web sources. It's done programmatically, meaning that you don't go by hand just picking up various pieces of text and then downloading them. It all happens automatically by just you running a script. And then for us at Oxlabs, all data scraping that we do means that we collect public data, which, you know, what it means to us is that we are collecting something that, well, that is out there just ready for it to be taken by anyone. And we help companies harness the power of web data so that they can make better informed decisions in their business processes. So instead of having to rely on their own intuition, they can do data-driven decisions based on the digital world that's around them. Would this mean, for example, understanding, let's say, what the general population is doing in terms of buying particular products or how they access them? Is this looking at the activities of the public or is it more to do with establishing a knowledge base on an industry? So when we talk about scraping, we talk about collecting data from web pages. So that means if someone decides to publish, you know, information on some sort of a demographic and, uh, you know, their, their behavior patterns and that information is public, that means it can be scraped. So if you were interested in, you know, getting up-to-date information from such a source, well, then, of course, you know, that's very much doable as long as this information is public. But then we can see that there's a lot of use cases based around using data that's not primarily meant to be consumed by non-human actors, meaning that there's a lot of websites out there that are just meant for individuals just like you or, or myself, just to open on their screens and have a scroll around. But when you take the same web page and you structureize the data that's on the page and basically copy and paste out the, the bits out of the web page into, into your database. And then you repeat this process a lot of times, you do a lot of scraping operations. 
you can build a data set that really helps you make sense of, of the web. So you can use this data, for instance, to drive your search engine optimization decisions, or you could use data that you gather from an e-commerce site to fuel your dynamic pricing for your own products that you sell in various places around the web. But this is being done on a web that continues to grow on a daily basis. So what are the techniques that you use to do this? It looks to me like you're chasing an ever-expanding ocean of information. So how do you go about data scraping on this scale? Well, there are a few parts we can talk about here. And, you know, primarily data scraping, you know, technically the interaction between the bot or the automated process that does the scraping and the website which contains the data it is not that much different from the process which takes place when a regular visitor was about to access some data on a website. It's more or less the same. You know, to me, a bigger question is just because, like you said, there's, there's a lot of data out there to be, <laughs> to be found, how do you concentrate and not just scrape the whole web, basically? And um, it's, a, it's a question that we ask ourselves, too. It's not that simple, and it needs to be looked at on a case-per-case basis. But in general, there are two terms which we use a lot in our industry, and those are scraping and crawling. There's a difference between the two, because scraping is when you just access some sort of a URL, a web address, right? And you take whatever information is on that page. And then there's the more complicated process of crawling, which means you start at a certain page, and then... From that page, you go out to all the, all the other pages, or not all the other pages, perhaps you have some rules that you only want to follow a certain kind of URLs that you find on the first page. And then effectively what you will have with the crawling is you will have a starting place, and then you will have some rules on which URLs you want to follow. And based on that, you can ensure that, that you don't go off your track too much and you stay focused on the valuable information that, that you want to collect. And how do you define this valuable information? Do you use AI or something to decide what is valuable? I mean, because now you've chased all this down, you've got this ocean of data. How do you decide what it is that is valuable to the customer? Actually, in our case, it's really simple because mostly it's our customers telling us which data points they want to collect and uh, which URLs they, they want us to retrieve for them. So that makes it quite straightforward for us. But then, you know, I'm sure our customers face a lot of issues when they try to determine what exactly it is that, you know, which web pages contain the, the most valuable data. Because it's a, you know, it's always a question of prioritization. You have a limited uh, amount of resources and you have to allocate them efficiently. Well, I would imagine, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you might also be able to provide to the customer some guidance to say, for example, if you're looking for A, B, and C, have you considered there's also D and E, which are related concepts, maybe terms that the customer hasn't heard. So do you offer that as a sort of extension opportunity to say that there are relevant and relative other terms or targets that we should pursue on your behalf as the customer? Absolutely. I mean, because we've operated in the field for a number of years, well, we do know what, what a lot of customers want, and we, you know, our sales team does their best, really offer insights and uh, do what you said. Well, perhaps you're, if you're scraping this site, we can see similar customers scraping the other two sites that you also may be interested in. So there's, there's a lot of that, and uh, just seeing what our customers do sometimes makes it easier for us to help them. 
So you have now caught a big collection of data. And obviously data is what all organizations need to run on. So, okay, it's now delivered to the customer. And so what happens next? Do you package it in advance for them to use? Do you provide analysis and insight into what was collected after you've collected it? Right now we don't. And we see that, you know, as a cutoff point to our service, if you will. So our customers must do some initial sort of evaluation of what it is they want to collect. And then we just help them collect it. And then, well, we're good at data gathering and not that much at data analysis. And the thing is, we are in a place where we can collect the same data or, or you know, data from similar sources for, for a lot of our customers in a very similar way, because technologically it's, it's very similar whether you're gathering data from site A or site B. Now, what they do on their side those may be very, very different processes. You know, they may differ from company to company. And it may be that data analysis and the insights they are able to derive from the data they get from us are the trade secret. That part of their business may be the, the most valuable thing that they actually figured out how to do. So they may not want to give it away to anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be their secret approach to finding what they're looking for within that data. So that's an excellent stance to say, well, we'll deliver this wholesale and then you take care of it. I'm just thinking about what an interesting job it must be for somebody on the inside of a client's organization to be that type of analyst that takes this data and then parses through it. So we've got this again, we've got this ocean, a planet's worth of continually advancing information, but we've also got a lot of privacy regulations. I mean, GDPR is by far the most prominent, let's say, figurehead of this, but there's also individual states in, in the United States that have very extensive data protection rules. So how do you go about configuring the scraping activities to respect these kinds of continually changing rules around data protection? It's a difficult topic, and uh, by no means am I the expert in our firm on the legal side of things. What I can tell you is that we have a strict know-your-customer process, which vets a lot of shady use cases even before they get their hands on our tools. And then we have, we have ways of monitoring our, our users' activities. A lot of the time, we, we can see if something is at the risk of going wrong. Um, but I must say that all of our customers actually are not concentrated on gathering data about, about some private individuals. We have a lot of companies that, like I said, they, they were either operate in the e-commerce field or they do SEO or advertisement sort of verification and tracking. They may do things like travel fare aggregation or hotel price monitoring. Or they may be gathering data sets and then, you know, using that to identify, let's say, counterfeit good sellers or things like that. So, you know, with the, with the main sort of, you know, business verticals that we operate in, there would be very little use for them to collect personal data. So one of the main ways we try to deal with this personal data regulation we just cater our service mostly to companies that are interested in other kinds of data. And we also have ways of just telling who's doing what, basically. Uh, I must mention that we have identified lots and lots of sites that are not really usable for any legitimate purpose. And we have just blocked access to them. So that there's not even a question of noticing when someone accesses the site. It's just blocked from the get-go. 
Going back to your primary product then, you're doing this scraping in real time. So this is, again, just a fascinating idea of keeping up to date. So how vital is it for Oxylabs as a leader in this area? How do you measure real-time scraping? Is it in milliseconds or by hours? Mostly, we deliver results to our customers within 10 seconds. Of course, it depends on the site. It depends on, on what it is we are trying to do, basically, but it happens in a few seconds of time. And then it happens, you know, to us, we do scrape every second and we, we do thousands of scraping operations every second around the clock. And uh, there are customers. Now, I check our user statistics every day and I can see there's, uh, there's different kinds of customers, if you will. There are business entities who just are interested in daily updates. So they, they have a list of URLs and they just submit them to us on midnight UTC time. We can, we can see a lot of that taking place. Now, there's another group of customers that gather, let's say, 60% of their data daily. And there's a smaller data set. There's a smaller no, number of URLs, which they update more often. It may be every hour. It may be every quarter of an hour. It really depends on a particular customer. But to them, seeing changes that take place uh, you know, on a certain page may have a lot of impact on the number of goods they sell or how quickly they can notice that things have gotten, you know, have gone wrong. Or to give you a practical example, there may be a company that is monitoring their competitors' items availability on a certain marketplace. And then if they see that the competitor item has been sold out, well, that means that they can perhaps, you know, advertise their own product a bit more or raise the price or make some really important business decision. You know, if something is sold out, it means there's maybe potentially quite a lot of demand for it. So, you know, reacting very quickly to these sort of, you know, signals may have a huge impact on your sales volumes and other business metrics too. Competitive awareness in real time is a really great example, especially for organizations that have not yet considered data scraping as an option. So in addition to the competitive intelligence you just described, are there other reasons why a company would want to work with you? This is a great question, but it's also the answer to it would be very broad, you know, because there's a lot of different companies out there who use our service for a lot of different purposes. But in general, you know, we can see a clear trend. When we started in 2015, there were just a limited number of use cases for web data. And there would just be a limited number of entities that can consume this data and uh, know how to gather it. Uh, we can see that now use cases, the number of use cases is growing and the number of companies that employ web data scraping have grown exponentially. And, you know, with the number of people being aware of what is data scraping growing, well, they come up with all sorts of different use cases for the data. And, you know, sky's the limit, really. It's always interesting to see the new ways or, you know, new websites, new ideas that people come up with when they, when they choose to gather the data uh, through our service. So, you know, the, the clear trend that we see here is that if you're on the web, if your website is, uh, you know, publicly accessible on the web, you will be scraped at some point. It doesn't matter which industry you operate in, really. We would see a lot of maybe startup companies starting to use our service and then trying to collect data from really well-established businesses. And then a couple of years later, we would see that 
there's a new group of customers that, that are trying to scrape the service that just came to work with us a few years back. So it means that not only are people trying to scrape the you know, one true source of the data, if you will, they sometimes choose to scrape someone who is already using scraped data. So it's a very interesting dynamic that we see. That's interesting and so normal. When an organization or even an individual consumer thinks, you know, should I buy this? Should I get this thing? Should I really invest in this particular service? And then once you get it, you suddenly discover just what more you can do with it. That's always amazing. Alexandros, it has been a real delight talking with you about data scraping today. There's certainly more here than I expected, and I really appreciate you being here on the Cloud Tweaks podcast. Of course, people can find out more by going to oxylabs.io, that's O-X-Y-L-A-B-S dot I-O. And I know firsthand that you already have an excellent podcast of your own, the Oxycast. So I hope our listeners will go there and check it out at oxylabs.io under the Learn tab. Sounds lovely, Steve. And as for us, you can also check us out at cloudtweaks.com and follow us on Twitter at cloudtweaks. If your company is looking for some great exposure to thousands of decision makers in the IT, cloud and related industries worldwide, please get in touch. We can craft a campaign that will get you noticed through our website, social media and newsletter channels, all of which enjoy substantial attendance. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts and tell just one more person about us. We are always interested in learning what we can do to bring quality news to you. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Stay safe and thanks for listening.